Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and thanks for listening to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand strategies, insights, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about the pros and cons of upsizing or downsizing your home in a softer property market. Obviously, there's been lots of media around the property market, and I guess the reduction in median house and unit prices, uh, particularly in uh, Sydney and Melbourne, as well as uh, credit tightening and lower auction clearance rates, although uh, auction clearance rates in Sydney in particular picked up over the, the last weekend. So in this situation where potentially uh, areas or properties are intrinsically undervalued, could it be a good time to either upgrade or downgrade your house? And I think that's really the key question that I want to talk about in this podcast. Obviously, there's a couple of benefits of um, buying below intrinsic value. So intrinsic value is really what a property would be worth in a normalised market conditions. If we assume that the current market is really a buyer's market, not a seller's market, that is the demand for property is lower than what it normally is the case, that um, potentially the properties are therefore undervalued. So someone is in a position where they have to sell and because they have to sell in this market, they're really price takers rather than price makers. And in that situation, potentially, you can buy for less than intrinsic value or buy well. Uh, that is at slightly just below uh, fair market value. I wrote a piece for The Australian in December last year uh, saying that I thought we were close to or at the bottom of the market. And really, I still hold that view. As I said, auction clearance rates picked up over the weekend. Not that I would place a lot of reliance on that. I mean, it's a bit of sort of superficial data. But I guess there's anecdotal evidence that perhaps the market has, has stopped falling or if, if prices are falling, they're certainly falling at a, at a slower rate. So if you, if you share the same view, you know, that the market isn't going to fall materially from here, uh, then potentially uh, what you've got is an opportunity to sort of buy at the trough of the market. Uh, so there's a couple of different strategies we could consider. So probably the most financially rewarding is buying now, uh, putting a tenant in that property uh, and then occupying it uh, at a later date, either when you're ready to or when the property market improves. And this strategy could be used for downsizes as well as upsizes. So if I'm upsizing my house because I want, say, more accommodation size or I want to move to a, a school, a particular school zone, I mean, they're, they're kind of the two drivers, tend to be the two drivers in that market. Um, but I'm not ready for that. So my kids aren't ready, uh, aren't school-aged, either if, if that school is a, a secondary school, for example, and they're in, in primary school. You know, I, I, the, the, there's not a, a particular urgency yet. Or if it's accommodation size, maybe, you know, I'm still in that family planning phase where I've had one child and I plan to have two or three. Uh, but, but my accommodation is okay at the moment, but I know within five years it won't be. Um, so as an example for an upsizer, uh, potentially what I could consider doing is going and buying that upsized property now uh, and then putting a tenant in that property for the next, say, five years until which time I'm ready to occupy it. And in that uh, upsizing uh, situation, all I really want to do is buy a parcel of land. Uh, so that is, I could buy a, a property that might need a lot of renovations or in fact maybe bulldoze and rebuild. Um, that's okay. It's not really uh, important that I buy the right accommodation style 
as it is that I buy the, buy the right parcel of land because that's the bit that's probably going to appreciate over the next five years rather than the actual building value naturally as, as uh, I've talked about in many, uh, many podcasts. Uh, so um, obviously one of the benefits also of, of doing that is you kind of lock in your negative gearing benefit. So, you know, if you suspect the ARP will win the election in May and if they do then implement their negative gearing ban, then perhaps, uh, you know, contemplating this strategy in a year's time uh, might yield different tax benefits. But where if you did it today, for example, uh, the, as the ALP's policy stands, they're not going to grandfather, or they will grandfather, I should say. So any existing investments that are yet to be determined dates or sometime in the future uh, will still be entitled to be negatively geared. Uh, and, and gearing obviously helps with the holding cost of these two properties, albeit short term. You know, so if I'm going to buy something, um, uh, put a tenant in it for five years and then sell my existing property and reduce debt, um, I've got a peak debt for five years, uh, a five-year period, for example, uh, and obviously the gearing benefits are going to be quite valuable over that time whilst I have quite a high level of borrowings. So in order to do this, you need to consider two factors. So that is buying now and holding it for a period of time and selling later in a better market. You need to consider two factors. The first one is borrowing capacity. So do you have enough borrowing capacity? So from a practical standpoint, if you can't get the funds to do it, then it's no not worth really uh, continuing with the analysis or contemplating the, the strategy. And as I've written uh, about and, and um, done podcasts on, Borrowing capacity has contracted significantly over the last two or three years. So just because you sit down and think, oh, well, I'm in a good position or I've got a good income or I've got a lot of equity uh, and, and I should be okay for a loan, uh, don't automatically assume that's going to be the case. The second thing is uh, cash flow. You know, Can you afford it from an affordability perspective? And I typically test affordability at interest rates of 7%. Now, in a scenario where you're going to only hold the property for five years, so that is, sorry, you're going to hold the, the new property for long than that, but you're going to sell a property in five years' time, so you're going to hold that debt only for a, a five-year period and then drastically reduce it, uh, I would be happy to look at interest-only repayments. So I would just test affordability at 7% on an interest-only basis. I wouldn't necessarily include principal repayments because my strategy is to reduce debt through asset sales rather than cash flow, so it's less important. Um, but look, let's not get too excited about low interest rates. I mean, certainly the market is actually priced in an RBA cut this year. Now, whether that, that gets passed on by the banks, I'd imagine there's a lot of political and, um, and, and uh, customer sentiment out there that, that will force them to. Um, but I think we'd need to see unemployment fall further, sorry, rise further for the RBA to, to pass on a, a rate cut. Um, but anyway, the, the, the market really, the market sentiment is that rates are, are, are low and will stay this low for a reasonable period of time, but we can't get seduced into that. Um, and if you're going to implement a strategy like that, you certainly want to make sure that your debt is affordable. And so 7% on an interest-only basis uh, is, is a good way to do that. Uh, so if you can tick both those boxes, that is, you can you can uh, you've got enough borrowing capacity, and it's okay from a cash flow perspective. Then there could be really good merit in buying now, putting a tenant in that property, and then occupying that property in at, at some future date uh, when the market has recovered a bit. 
So market arbitrage, however, has its risks. And market arbitrage really refers to buying and selling in different markets. So, you know, you might buy today when it's a really soft market. And let's say if we had a crystal ball in four years' time, the market's going gangbusters again, clearance rates are over 80%, uh, auction clearance rates. Well, that might be a buoyant market to sell in. Uh, and that's what you're trying to do is arbitrage those two markets. Uh, so that strategy isn't without risk and obviously the key assumption behind this strategy is that you can buy less uh, you can buy a, a property for today less than what it's going to cost you in say five years time and also holding the same assumption that you could sell a property in five years time for obviously more than what you could sell it to today now if those two assumptions turn out to be correct financially you're going to be well ahead but obviously they're just assumptions and of course anything is possible so you could be wrong um, now for some people that risk is worth taking and it really does depend on your risk profile your financial position the location of properties your cash flow all those sorts of things they all go into the mix to work out whether that risk is acceptable or unacceptable uh, if it's not acceptable, then simply um, buying and selling in the same market is really the best response. That's the best way you can kind of reduce that risk. Now, if anyone's been uh, reading my blogs or listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I never resist the temptation to crunch the numbers, as nerdy as that sounds. So what I've done is compared two different scenarios. I did one upgrading and one downsizing or downgrading scenario. So the upgrading scenario, what I looked at is um, a, a person that uh, wants to upgrade from a $1.5 million property today. So that's what it would be worth in today's market, but in a normalised market, it's probably worth closer to one seven. So what we're trying to do is build in to the fact that perhaps property is a little bit intrinsically undervalued uh, and that they would upgrade uh, for a home that would cost them 2.25 now in a, a location that's perfect for them, good school zone, etc. Um, and in a normal market, that would cost maybe two and a half million or maybe in five years time, closer to, to $3.3 million. Um, then that's a lot of debt to hold on to two properties. So we're obviously gonna assume under this scenario that they sell uh, now and they buy now. Uh, and essentially uh, all the numbers are recorded in the, in the show notes and on the blog on our uh, website. Uh, so if you want the details, certainly go there. But uh, under this scenario, the the people that downsized, uh, sorry, upsized now in this market, in this softer market, were in 10 years' time uh, $240,000 better off in today's dollars, not future dollars, today's dollars. Uh, so that's almost a, an uplift of 10% in their net worth. So a significant benefit, obviously. Uh, so uh, this would only be worthwhile, I think the sort of two key determinants are, is your, you're going to ask yourself two questions. The first question is, is your desired location intrinsically undervalued by the same amount or more than your current location in dollar terms? So that is, if I'm selling a market that's intrinsically undervalued, but then I'm going to buy in a market that's relatively fair value, I'm actually worse off. Whereas if, if my market is actually fair valued, but I'm buying into an area that's that's a lot cheaper than it normally is, then obviously that represents lots of value. The second question you need to ask yourself, is the growth rate in the desired location over the next five years expected to be higher than the growth rate in the current location? 
So if you're buying an area that's intrinsically undervalued by more than the current area and you expect that area because of its merits, its fundamentals, its growth rate to be significant over the next five years, then it could be a great opportunity to upgrade in this market. Now I looked at the downsizing scenario and that is that um, someone with a significant mortgage, a client with a significant mortgage, so $2.75 million property, a $950,000 mortgage. Their strategy as a, as a mortgage, a debt repayment strategy is to downsize their property. Um, and they could do that in this market for 1.6. In a normalized market, maybe that asset would cost 1.8 or a lot more in, in five years time, nearly $2.5 million in five years time. Are they better off to do that now, go and buy that property for 1.6, put a tenant in there and then sell their current home in five years time to reduce all debt or should they just hold fire for a while and let the market do its thing and do the downsizing in five years time. So the financial analysis and answer to this question was a lot different than the first one. The, the financial difference was significant. So some $800,000 in today's dollars uh, the client would be better off buying that property now and downsizing. And that makes uh, a lot of logical sense because obviously we're buying for a lot less than what it's going to cost us in five years' time. Um, we're getting the negative gearing benefits over that period of time as well. And then we're selling an asset without any capital gains tax to reduce debt. So it makes sense that it's the right thing to do uh, on paper. And not for everyone, but in this circumstance, on paper. So of course you need to do your due diligence and make sure you're really realistic about property values. You know, it's not it's not a strategy that you can organise very quickly and rush into it. You really need to pull apart the numbers, have a good think about what are the risks are, and get your ducks lined up. Uh, the first thing is you need to be realistic about property values. Uh, that is what they are now and what they could be in the future. I find that people tend to overestimate the value of their home and probably because they have an emotional attachment to that but it's an easy trap to fall into so just be careful with respect to that rely on bank valuations even though they're conservative that's okay or getting a second opinion from real estate agents and so forth as a sort of test check to to make sure your expectations are realistic and of course i've spoken ad nauseum about loan approval processes and how they're dragged out and how they're almost like a forensic investigation and so forth uh, so, you know, make sure you've got your finance lined up and, and it's all structured correctly and you've mitigated some of your risk and so forth. Now, having a great plan is one thing, but uh, really the value in a great plan lies in its correct implementation. So sought after lo locations tend to have pretty low turnover. So they tend to be quite high, uh, tightly held and properties rarely coming onto the market. So therefore, sometimes you, when you transact, when you do this upgrade or downgrade, might be dictated more by the stock levels and availability stock on the market rather than your analysis of the current market and your financial position. Uh, so I guess it's something to keep in mind, that is, whilst you might ordinarily think now is a great time to do this, that is upgrade or, or downsize, don't compromise on the asset just in order to implement at this time. Obviously, buying the right asset is far more important. Now, as my final comment, I'd just like to reiterate what I'm not doing is suggesting that we could all time the market. And in fact, that's what we should be doing. All I'm merely suggesting is that if your original financial plan and strategy 
involved you either upgrading or downgrading in the short to medium term that um, depending on your financial circumstances and risk profile that perhaps this current market might be the right time to do that if you share the same opinion as me in that we're either close to or at the bottom of the property price cycle. So of course property is a long-term asset so you should only base your decisions on long-term outcomes and be significantly less impacted by current market conditions. So I've always said that but in that context, in the context of saying that, um, it, we do need to have a little bit of flexibility on how we implement our financial plans. Just because we've put down on paper in two years time we're going to upgrade, bang and we'll stick to it and we'll be completely blind to what market opportunities are available. Um, we still need to stick to the plan and do everything that's fundamentally sound but sometimes markets create opportunities and if we're not looking for them we won't see them. So I hope that's been worthwhile. As always, all the details are in the show notes or in the blog on our website. Um, it's a bit, a bit heavy on the numbers, so I hope I didn't lose you there. Uh, and until next week, bye for now.